All right, everybody, welcome back to Buckeye Banter. We're going to get right into this episode today. We're going to cover Buckeyes, Browns, a little bit of Cavs. So let's get right into this Buckeye Banter. Welcome to Buckeye Banter, sports in the OH. All right. Well, so, man, Buckeyes, I don't want to be the guy who says I told you so, but uh, kind of did. What I was afraid of, um, and admittedly, some of the same things I was afraid of were things that were mentioned on theathletic.com I've mentioned before. If you aren't subscribing to The Athletic, no, I'm not sponsored by them, but I, I highly recommend that you get a sponsor, a subscription to The Athletic. Um, articles and information that they're sharing to me is uh, the best in the business right now. And certainly where I get a lot of information from on top of many other sources, but um, defense, backfield, questionable. Indiana, they're good, but how good? That's what we don't know, right? Um, we can hope that they're really good, that Michael Penix is as good as he looked. Um, so what does that mean for Ohio State fans going forward? Uh, we're going to find out soon because they're going to have the first um, college football rankings coming out, I think, today. So in the meantime, we need Indiana to run the table. They've got some big matchups coming up. Indiana's going to play um, both Wisconsin and Purdue. Um we need them to, to definitely beat Wisconsin um, handily, if at all possible. First, they get Minnesota, they get Maryland, who's only played three games uh, due to COVID, um, but they're two and one. So we need Indiana to really play impressively against Maryland. Hopefully, beat the Buck the Badgers at Wisconsin. Not an easy task. So this is a this Indiana team will have to go to Ohio State, and then later go to. Wisconsin. So let's hope that when they go up to Wisconsin that they can get the victory because that will go a long way towards solidifying what was a, a challenging game for Ohio State. Hey, we won, and that's the important part. I still believe that if we win out, we'll, we'll get into the, the college football playoff. But the weaknesses that I mentioned in the, my preview episode are still concerning. The offensive line struggled at times. Um... Not so much running the ball, but in the pass protection. Uh, we're going to need to figure that out. Um, again, this is a strange season, and there wasn't a lot of opportunity for that cohesion to happen on the offensive line, which I mentioned in the preview episode. So if you haven't seen it, look for it this this way over here, right? Um, I'll get that figured out one of these days. And, um, yeah, I talked about that offensive line and how that time that they've missed uh, playing together in more games is is costly right now. So that's where we're at. Um, we need a high, we need Indiana to win out or at least to win most of their games. If they lose up these last three, for example, it's going to make that that win not look very impressive. Um, if they win at least two of these three, it'll definitely help because Purdue, Wisconsin, and at least up till now, Maryland has looked respectable. Um, if Maryland also just loses out that that one won't matter as much but 
Wisconsin and Purdue are, are important games for that Indiana side. What's it look like for Ohio State? You know, we just need to run the table and do so in impressive form after that struggle against Indiana, especially in the second half. Um, you know, we came out in that second quarter, and man, it looked like we were just going to make this game look ugly. Um, I even commented that on on my Facebook feed uh, that, you know, I thought we were it was going to get uglier. It didn't get uglier. Um, as a matter of fact, it got anything but uglier. So, again, impressive import, uh, performance on the ground, which was good. Um, we needed that. Um, the team all around it is still super solid. We just need to get these kings worked out. So, here's hoping they can do that in these coming weeks against Illinois, Michigan State, um, those two on the road, and then they're going to come home to host that team up north. And you know they're going to be up for that game no matter how bad they might be this year. Um, and who knows, it could be Harbaugh's last game. Um, it's hard to know right now. It's looking like that's a possibility. So let's uh, just keep our Buckeyes going and see what happens in these coming weeks. I'll do later in the week, I'll do a Buckeye preview for that Illinois game. So be on the lookout for that. All right, Browns. Hey, these Browns, um, you know, what can you say? I said they were going to need someone to step up. I mentioned maybe it would be Vernon. I didn't think it would be, um, but he did in a big way. Um, I think I've got, no, oh, here we go. Buck, my, thanks to my guy, Dusty Sloan, this Brown stats guy. This is the second three-sack game of Olivier Vernon's career and the first safety of his NFL career. So, big game from Olivier Vernon. The pick six from Taki Taki was the Browns' second of 2020 and the team's most in a season since 2015. So, you know, this Browns defense has been not very good. Um, but the last three weeks, they've been respectable. Now, again, we played not so great teams, but, you know, Houston has looked better. The Raiders are not a bad team. Um, so there's, you know, the Eagles somehow are leading their division. So, you know, we're... We've held those teams more or less in check. Um, you know, 16 points to the Raiders is not bad. Um, again, the weather affected a couple of these games. But still, the defense is, is at least playing at a respectable level. Um, now that Hunt and Chubb are back again against the Eagles, I think we saw just how effective that duo can be, even though Chubb, I mean, Hunt didn't have a lot of ground, a lot of yards on the ground. Um, he had that hugely important touchdown. The two of them. Um, obviously love playing together, which is great. You know, you don't have the two of them, I think, at a competitive level where they are upset that one of the other is getting more carries. I think they, they respect each other and enjoy being that that dy dynamic one, too. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that continues. Hopefully, Chubb can get an extension. We'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. Um, let's look at some more stats from my guy, Dusty. So the Browns are 7-3. and three. Um, in the last 10 games as a franchise best 10 game stretch since they did the same in 2014. Uh, not to start the season though. So this is the Browns 7-3 and three record is the franchise best 10 game start since 1994. And in that year they were 8-2. So the Browns 7 wins so far in 2020 
are tied for three other seasons with the third most wins since the return in 99. So we could get up there with that 2007 team, 10 wins. Um, I think it's very likely we'll at least reach nine wins, I would hope. And right now, the best part is the Browns are in second place in the AFC North. Um, all in all, I think that the Browns are showing that they're making positive strides. Um, I personally still have my questions about some of the decisions from the front office, but I'm very willing to continue to trust the process as the saying goes. Um, I wouldn't have said that a year or two ago with some other with how these other regimes were going but right now even though I might doubt some of what I'm seeing especially on the defensive side of the ball linebacker defensive backfield I also recognize that there are injuries that have limited them there I'm willing to see what they're going to do um, I personally find it very strange the way we're focused or I should say not focused on linebacker I feel like linebackers are a pretty important position I think historically if you look at the best dominant defenses that have, you know, and teams that have had deep playoff runs, almost all of them are anchored by a stud linebacker. Um, so I guess if you want to call that Miles Garrett, but, you know, I think typically there's still a guy in the middle um, who's usually pretty dominant. And if they don't have a dominant linebacker, they at least have a dominant safety. We don't have either of those right now. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic and I think all Browns fans understand that, right? Um, so yeah, we've got still some games coming up. We should be able to at least be in, if not win, but they are both on the road. So we got to go to Jacksonville and we got to go to Tennessee. So those are going to be tough games. Um, winning one of those at least is going to be huge. And then we get to see those Ravens come to town. And, you know, this is a chance to really, really make your mark in this division. If they can beat the Ravens on Monday Night Football at home, wow, that's going to be a statement game right there. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying that's what we're building toward, right? And that's the, that's that's a chance for this franchise to really say, hey, we're, you know, obviously I don't think there's any doubt in my mind at this point that Pittsburgh is the class of the league again, the division again, as much as that pains me to say. And that they're probably going to win it. But hey, the Ravens were there at the beginning of the year. And now they're falling a little bit. And if we can take advantage of that and pile on, man, I'd love to see that. So let's see what happens in a couple weeks. Let's get a couple victories or at least one building up to that. Man, if we can go into that game on a, on a win streak, that'd be awesome. Beat the Jaguars and their Titans on the road. Can you imagine go, having Baltimore come to town with us 9-3? and three? I mean, that would be just fabulous. I can't even imagine thinking that at the beginning of the year. But it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely. Two tough games on the road. When you're going on the road, it's always tough in the NFL. Um, and both of these teams are playing tough, even if their records aren't great. Um, the Titans were, were a monster last year, so like, let's not underestimate them. All right. I think that's about all I got for the Browns today. Um, again, exciting, cautiously optimistic. We'll get a preview in later in the week about this Jaguars matchup. Just want to touch on briefly some Cavs stuff going on. So there was a couple trades um, around the league that the Cavs kind of peripherally got involved in, uh, mostly just to help uh, make them happen for other teams. So we ended up picking up JaVale McGee and I think a second round pick. And then we also got um, 
I think we removed a, uh, a protection on a on a draft pick that we had with the Bucks to try and facilitate a trade with them. So there's just been a couple peripheral things. Um, they re-signed uh, Delhi and TT signed with the Celtics. So I personally was always a fan of Tristan Thompson's. But I think, you know, we overpaid for him, as I think many would agree. And so seeing him, you know, go on to Boston is not a problem for me at this point. Um, and I didn't, I kind of personally didn't want him to come back, even though I know he's a fan favorite. Um, I, he, he's he's getting older. His his ability, it, it, I think he's 30 now. Um, his ability to continue to play the style and the way he plays is going to continue to diminish. Um, his his game depends a lot on his athleticism, so I I personally think it's good for us to move on from him. Um, we're still a year or two away from really being competitive, and so while he I think is a good locker room guy from all things I've ever heard, um, I just think we we needed to move on from that. So keeping Delhi around to be that locker room guy is good. There's hardly anyone out there who's ever hustled as much as Delhi, and he's coming back on I think a, a minimum a vet minimum deal, so that's good. Um, he'll be good for those guards that need to learn how to play some defense. Um, so hopefully he can almost be, you know, a coach on the court. So, um, again, I think I mentioned in the, in the other episode, other, um, episode that I am a big fan of the Isaac Okoro pick and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Um, I don't imagine the Cavs are going to be hugely active, um, but we'll see. Uh, obviously, there's some some needs, and they have some draft capital, and they have a little bit of flexibility, but not much. So we'll see what they do. I think they're obviously doing everything they can to stay lower on the cap side, but they're also saying they want to compete, and the East has got a little more flexibility for them to do that. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think if the right deal came around, they would move Tristan. I'm mean, not sorry, Tristan, Kevin Love, or Drummond. Um, for the right deal. And I would approve of that, especially if Kevin wants to go. I think at this point, um, if Kevin wants to go, they should try to facilitate a deal for him to go someplace else. I had mentioned that before. The guy's kind of poured his heart out for Cleveland. And if he wants to stay, um, he's going to be hard to trade away. Anyways, you might have to add some juice into the pot just to get, because his contract is pretty hefty. Uh, I was messing around with some deals the other day and this on like ESPN's trade thing they have. And, it's hard to make a deal work that makes much sense. So, um, yeah, I'd be surprised if, if they could do something with him. But if some if some team really wanted him and he wanted to go, I would say, you know, you do that for Kevin um, at this point. So, um, yeah, we'll see what comes up in the coming weeks with the Cavs news. And I'll keep updating as more things happen. But there's not a lot going on yet. Um, Indians, I'm going to get into some stuff probably next week. So look, I'm sorry, later this week. So keep an eye out for that. I do want to get into um, just some trade possibilities for both Carrasco, as much as I hate to see Cookie go. I think it's, I think we have to be prepared for that very likelihood. Um, it's a lot of money they got allocated for Cookie and they got a lot of pitching depth. They got a lot of it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Cookie because um, he is on a pretty reasonable deal with some options, um, could bring them a outfielder uh, or a solid um, second baseman potentially. 
or even a first baseman at this point. You know, they're let's face it, they need some position players desperately. And if Cookie can bring them an, uh, a controllable quality starter at a position, I think they'll do it. Uh, actually, I'm sure they'll do it. So, um, especially if he's, you know, more affordable. So, um, don't be surprised to see that. I've got some ideas and I'll float them. And also, obviously, we all know Frankie is is so likely gone. It's not even funny. We can't even, I mean, I'd say the 90-something percent chance that he's gone. Um, so, what do those deals potentially look like? I've got some of those as well. If you, again, are on The Athletic, you can look at some... Um, if you go to the Indians and follow the Indians on the Athletic, you can find some conversations that were had there about some potential trades, and there's a lot of things that were floated about there. Um, and I've got a few that I have run through some of the different uh, online sites where you can kind of evaluate trades based on value, and I'll get into some of that in an episode coming up real soon. Again, like, follow, subscribe. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy it, and um, you know, let's enjoy these victories. The Browns are seven and three. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, the Buckeyes hate it. They're still undefeated. It wasn't pretty, but they win. And you got to win the not pretty ones because if you just winning pretty doesn't get you much. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's it, it's the it's the W that matters the most. So um, yeah, let's see what happens next week. Like I said, later in the week we'll get um, Buckeyes preview and a Browns preview. And look for some upcoming Indians off-season trade uh, rumors. All right.